and we are live welcome everybody to ask a wizard tonight on our show we are going to be showing you the historical accounts of the dog men we're going to be showing you the cryptid file of the death worm and i'm going to move an object in your home in real time and a ton more so if you're interested in joining the show tonight and supporting the stream you can get a three card reading right now by going to paypal.me forward slash ask a wizard pay whatever you think a reading is worth and that will get you a three card reading and if you pay $15 or more and live in the United States, you will also get one of these books stamped and signed by me delivered to you in the mail when you donate $15 or more today. So let us begin the show and let me make sure I get my list updated here. Naz is on the list looking for a live wizard reading. Um, you can get a free live wizard reading like Naz is going to get right now, which is a one card reading for free by simply liking the stream and sharing the stream and then letting you know in the chat that you'd like a live wizard reading let's see here darren claims to be a race car uh akira is up in the house why do you have an owls everywhere because that's the symbol of the parliament of owls um must be new here right no <laughs> uh because owls are everywhere michael is called it's called the parliament of owls correct um zane says okay i want to use the force irl like in star wars Ooh, interesting i really want to go to the compound effect i'm not sure what that is but awesome all right let us begin first off as always we're going to be starting with this week in weird this is news that has come out today uh or this week i should say and there was a giant nine pound goldfish discovered in south carolina you can see this picture right off here to the right that is uh the giant goldfish that was captured in the ocean or in the lake i should say um in south carolina on the left you have a normal sized goldfish which is typically about that big pretty tiny and then as you can see on the right this is a nine pound goldfish this is an important uh psa um if you have a goldfish you don't want to just let it go in a local lake um check and make sure that it's okay to do so before you do it because they can become invasive species and uh, start decimating lakes so just be careful with that it's a pretty rare thing but as you can see it does sometimes happen so uh just be aware of that and that is the weekly news all other news that happened this week is a joke and unimportant don't listen to the news you know it's all a scam we don't need to be watching the news this is all that you need let's move right on to an incredible video this is an irl kamehameha this is a real chidori caught on camera um this is just absolutely mind-blowing let me tell you guys uh this is just such a strange strange thing and this is real they don't fully understand how it works um they don't know what causes it um there's a few theories that are thrown around but so far no one has figured out what it actually is there's a name for the phenomenon it's very similar to what most scientists do which is um, they label things that they don't understand and then claim they understand them so that they can pretend like they know what they're talking about when in reality they don't they did the same thing with the placebo effect so uh they call this ball lightning check this out this strange phenomenon looks let's get rid of that robot voice this is not special effects this is a, this is real life this is a real ball of lightning energy
and what's crazy is um, this actually has the force of a lightning bolt. So this is extremely deadly. Like if this was to hit you, or if you even got close to it, you would be dropped down just like a lightning strike. And as you can see, as it gets near metal, it arcs and, and causes damage. It's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> So scientists aren't sure what causes this. They call it ball lightning. Um, there's theories that somehow maybe lightning is being caught in a weird energy level so that it forms a ball, almost like a Tesla coil, but they've never been able to recreate anything even close. And um, as you can see, the, the, the power of this thing is just mind boggling as it's arcing here across the train station. I wonder what would happen if the train went through and hit it. Could you imagine? How do you explain that to your boss? You're driving your train, you're doing your whole conductor roll, you're just chugging along, and all of a sudden, an actual Kamehameha is literally sitting in your train tracks, and you run right into it, just takes down the whole train, and you're explaining it to your boss. You're like, no, 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 what you don't understand is, I hit a ball of lightning. No, but like... Were you drunk? No, I was not drunk. I hit a ball of lightning. No, you did not hit a ball of lightning. It's called a lightning strike. No. I... <sighs> I it's just, just incredible. The force on this thing. Um, some people have even claimed that maybe it's like a spirit. Maybe there's, uh, maybe it's an energetic spirit of some sort. And who knows, you know, we, we, there's so much in this world that we don't understand that there just really is so much left up to, we just don't know. And that's a big theme here at Ask a Wizard is learn for yourself, grow intellectually. Uh, don't let other people tell you the answers. Don't let them say, this is real, this is fake, that is real, this is true, and this isn't true. They don't know crap. 52% of science is wrong. It's less accurate than a coin flip. Check out the reproducibility crisis, give that a Google search, and blow your mind. Science are less scientist is a scientist is less reliable than a coin flip. What do we got here? So the Chidori is move made by a character in Naruto. The move is used by a character named Kakashi. That is correct. Uh, good explanation. Thank you very much, OPVs. Uh, it's a laser attack. Me too. I don't know. Oh, these people don't know what anime is. I'm sorry. Did I not... Did I, did I just reveal the fact that I am a secret weeb? My apologies. Um, yes, it is a attack in anime uh, that looks exactly like this picture right here. Um, so if you're interested in what I mean by a Chidori, that is it right there on the right. And that man is named Kakashi, and he is a legend. So with that, we're going to move on to our next segment. And this is the historical account of the dog people. I know what you're thinking. Right off the bat, you're like, this is absurd. I don't believe you. Well, hold your horses, kids, because it is about to get intense. Uh, Cole's looking for a reading. Let me get you on the list, bud. Yes, indeed. So we are about to get really, really weird. The Sinophali, I'm not even gonna try, people. Uh, the Dogmen, explorers, Diplomats, philosophers, all across the board, for thousands of years, have reported having direct and regular encounters with a population of people living in the Indian mountains that were literally dog 
people. These are artistic renditions of them from that particular time period, and you can see that here on the right, um, as well as the uh, former one right here is another example of those. And this is a really bizarre historical account because what happened here, uh, can race car get a reading? Absolutely, let me get you on a list here, race car. Um, race car. Oh, PVs, if you're available, maybe it would be helpful if you could keep track of the reading since we're starting to grow quite a bit. Um, I don't know if that's possible for you, but if that's something you could do, let's talk about that later. Um, anyway, so uh, they are referenced not as a scary, mystical place, not as something bizarre or strange, but as a just group of people. Um, they were known for wearing the skin of wild animals and uh, their main source of living was that they hunted for their food. Uh, there was a population that was documented. Someone went there, negotiated with them, talked to them, uh, did a population count. There's roughly 120,000 of these people. Um, their main diet consisted of meat. They were hunters and they um, lived as a society. They lived in the mountains of India. Um, in fact, there's multiple, multiple accounts of uh, ledgers and logs of people coming to them for their spices. They were known for having and dealing in spices as a source of trade and income. Um, however, they did have a bad reputation because they, um, while they were great at dealing with spices, they weren't known for being very trustworthy and they were very dangerous. They uh, would get angry and attack people sometimes. And there's even accounts of the dog people getting hungry and eating the person who was trying to buy spices for them. Um, there's even accounts by philosophers of their religious beliefs. They apparently worshipped an ox god and um, they would wear iron armor into battle. So this is like a group of intelligent people that existed that were just dog people that are recorded throughout history. It gets even weirder though, guys. Your videos are amazing. Well, thank you very much, Zane the Elf. This is where it gets even more bizarre. St. Augustine himself, if you're not familiar, fantastic book. One of the best books um, written, honestly, is Confessions by St. Augustine. And he isn't thinking about them in the sense of, are they fake or real? He was asking himself, since dog people exist and they are real, um, are they people or are they animals? Should we be trying to save them as Christians or not? That's when things get even more bizarre. This story is just filled with insanity. Uh, a man named Saint Christopher, at the time not known as Saint Christopher, was a dog man. And he actually, uh, coming from his ox religion, found that Christ was the true power and converted to Christianity. And he was then, upon his baptism, transformed from a dog man into a normal human and was therefore declared a miracle and anointed as Saint Christopher. This picture on the right is a real image that exists in real Orthodox churches depicting Saint Christopher as his dog man form. In the Bible, these people are referenced and linked to Canaan in the New Testament. 
it's just it's just so crazy and you might be thinking okay okay well this is just the bible and maybe i don't believe in that i'm not a christian personally i am by the way but maybe that's you you're saying i'm i don't believe this nonsense well guess what talmud the talmud which is the jewish uh books reference the dog people chinese history references the dog people japanese history references the dog people india references the dog people all across the board we have multicultural references referring to a nation of people all the way up until the 14th century what's going on here <laughs> what is this uh count by the way this uh, beautiful photo down here is a uh, one of the images that's in the uh, orthodox church trans uh, showing the transition of saint christopher from dog to human which was the miracle that uh, happened for him what's going on you know how is this possible people are documenting meeting with them trading with them and discussing their culture in person with human language up until the 14th century this is not like a cryptid this isn't like the bigfoot that lives off into the lives off in the woods no this is like oh yeah we deal with the spice trade of the dog people they're awesome uh you know they're a little scary though and very aggro and great warriors this isn't just happening in one culture either this is happening cross-culturally multiple nations that didn't have connections or ties all are referencing the same group of people with the same traits and down to the same culture so what are they who are they and where did they go? That is the question that's on the table tonight. What do you guys think? What is your thoughts on this history's mystery? Um, it, it, it is just bizarre. You know, at, at, I don't know what to, it's so crazy that I can't imagine a realm of reality where this is real, but there's so much evidence to support the claim that it almost makes me think, maybe what if this is actually real what if there actually are or were dog people you have the stories of werewolves you have the stories of uh, which by the way werewolf narrative is actually specifically they state no 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 this isn't the werewolf thing that's an urban legend these are real people they literally say these things they're like no it's not it's not a werewolf this is a totally different thing um and it's just so bizarre because this has more historical evidence than a lot of our historical figures. You know, George Washington has very few sources that cite him that are first account, like the people that visit this group. And we know George Washington was real. So it is a very, very strange uh, phenomenon. It's depicted in the Orthodox Church. And if you're not familiar with the Orthodox, um, their faith and their um, dedication to logos and the truth is so profound that they like would rather die than try and spread falsehood. So the fact that they've committed it to art and creating a saint is a pretty big testament to the reality of these dog people but what do you think let's hear in the chat let's see what you guys think michael says you're the best youtuber ever well thank you very much michael i agree <laughs> and i think uh they got i think they got took uh got locked and turned into dogs Ooh, interesting whoa 
Oh, that's a mind-blowing theory. Zane, the elf, coming in with a crazy theory. What if dogs are the slave versions of these dog people? They were turned into what we now have as domestic dogs. Oh, that would be a crazy. That's a, that is a crazy concept. But man, where did they go? They became our pets. Why are they man's best friend? Because at one point they were men. I think Zane the Elf just blew the case. Oh my gosh. I think you just added to the lore of the dogmen. Zane the Elf. Heck yeah. Naz chiming in with woof woof. <laughs> By the way, just before we move right on to the next topic here, just wanted to show you these photos one more time. This is an artist uh, rendition from thousands of years ago of the dog people. Um, this is another more recent rendition. This is, I think, in the 12th century, if I'm not mistaken, uh, showing them conversing, dressing, and uh, de dealing in trade of spices. And then uh, finally, there is the, um, of course, the Orthodox depictions, which are still in Orthodox churches to this day, which you cannot see. I know about this and you're actually an alien. I am not. No, no, I'm definitely not an alien, Evil Owl. But uh, thank you. Thank you for appreciating who I am and thinking that that made me alien-like. Let's move on to the next segment. I know about this. Okay, well. Incredible videos, actual footage of the Civil War II LARPers. All right, so we've got video footage that I wanted to show you guys. I've got, I came from California, um, also known as Hell, which is the uh, just the worst state in the whole country. Um, and... <laughs> There is a strong group of people, uh, and by strong I mean pathetic, weak, and uh, joke, of people who legitimately are like, if we don't get our way politically, then then we're going to start a civil war. <laughs> and of course the people threatening the civil war are the ones that are scared of guns, um, afraid of weapons, uh, afraid of hunting they're afraid of military strategy. Uh, they're against uh, family, unity, nationality. You know, all the things that you need to win a war. So when I watched this video, it made me think of the uh, the, the coming Civil War II of the, the, the fools who think that they can uh, actually engage uh, people in a civil war. Uh, this is a training demonstration. Uh, dem demonstration. Uh, this is a man using a live hand grenade. Uh, I think we're going to need the audio for this bad boy. So he's currently demonstrating how to set off the uh, hand grenade. He's taught him how to do it, and he's going to try a uh, live test here. Yes, thank you for bringing this up. No problem at all. Apparently, it's taken him a lot of time to figure out how to use the hand grenade. Now, keep in mind, he's uh, standing up straight with the hand grenade. Um, at this point, he would have been picked off by a 50 caliber sniper rifle. Um, but, you know, we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Still fiddling, still trying to figure it out. But, you know, don't worry. Don't worry. You'll get there. You'll get there. At this point, the guy on the left is saying, right, let me just you know, squeeze the handle, pull the pin. You squeeze the handle. You pull the pin. Is that it? And he's like, all right, all right, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. 
Oh, it looks like he's got it, boys. Let's see what let's let's see what's gonna go on. <laughs> he has struck the uh, structure that is uh, protecting him, uh, the the sandbag structure, and the grenade has now bounced back into his face. Being the brilliant person he is, he uh, dives to the ground right beside the hand grenade and puts his uh, vulnerable parts exposed directly to the hand grenade. So he's going to be completely mutilated when this thing goes off. The uh, the train sergeant, of course, did the smart thing, which is jumped into the bunker that's protecting him. Oh, oh, that was quick. <laughs> you guys missed the yoink. Check this out. Yoink! <laughs> Now, let's give the get this guy the benefit of the doubt here. This is uh, MVP. This is like in a video game when you're going 0 and 10 and your friend comes in and he's 10 and 1 and he just yoinks you to victory. This man is going to save this guy's life. Check this out. Yoink! Boom! Just a millisecond off. You can see the grenade going off there. Shrapnel hitting the ground right where the man was laying on his belly, by the way. You can literally see a smoke cloud has formed where he was landed on the ground trying to stay alive. <laughs> Hops right on out. Well, did I do it, boss? Did I do a good job? So before you go saying you're going to go start a civil war um, and you don't know what a firing pin is, you don't know uh, about military strategy, you don't know how to grow your own food, you don't know how to get your own water, uh, you don't know how to load your own gun, clean your own gun, you don't know how to engage with an enemy, uh, make sure you consider those things before you go and talk like a nonsense person on the internet because you will appear to be exactly what you are which is a nonsense person. All right, let's move on to the next segment here. Do, 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 do. Bow. Mr. Overlay, what do we got going on here in the chat? Oh, you guys are blowing up, but why? I want to see it on live. Uh, this man is either a max prestige or a max level. Dude, that yoink, right? You should get some sleep. I'm so sleepy, but I don't want to miss the compound effect with you, uh, which you said. Oh, compound effect. You mean like where we're going to move stuff in your room? Yeah, we're going to be doing that here. Uh, yes, thank you for bringing this up. No problem at all. Zane Al says, cool. Oh, oh my gosh. Why, student? Did I do a good job? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, I have some good news for you. Uh, person who is sleepy. Who was that? Um, that's Zane the Elf. We are going to be doing the illusion section right now. Magic illusion and the arcane arts. In tonight's segment, we're going to have a wizard mixes fire with paper. We're going to be showing you a optical illusion, showing you that there's more to reality than you may have ever guessed. And then finally, I am going to cause a move, <laughs> cause a move. I'm going to cause an object to move IRL in your own home tonight. Let us begin right now. Now, the uh, guy in this video that's coming up here, um, I, I think he's probably the greatest person on all of YouTube. Um, I honestly can't think of anyone better than him. Um, you should obviously all subscribe to him, give him uh, millions of dollars, and um, he's just basically, you know, why subscribe to anyone else other than this guy? Because frankly, best YouTuber NA. Yes, it is. 
Uh, how's it going, Zane? Uh, Zane has caught on that it is, in fact, me. That is correct. Um, we're, we've got a napkin here uh, that is clean. We're pulling out the end of a napkin here. We're now setting the napkin on fire. Almost burnt my little brother Cole. By the way, Cole just won a game of League of Legends. He's a legendary champ. Definitely just just support him, Cole, crushing. Um, and you can see him dodging the flames of death as we burn the napkin. Boom. Healed right back, hole has been removed and gone through magical means. That is the fire meets napkin magic effect. And shout out to the legendary Cole Sass for crushing at League of Legends. And for Gavin Sass, also known as Javine19, uh, for commentating it. He did a fantastic job. Oh yeah, get that plug in. Look at that plug. Oh, that was back when I was underscore Ask a Wizard. Wow, that was a, those were dark times. Dark times indeed. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next illusion here. So the next illusion is, this is pretty wild. So you guys have heard me talk about the Paracosm. And this is an image here. We don't even need the video. Um, this is an image that really highlights the principle of what a Paracosm is in a nutshell, very concisely. And so, hey, that's my name, that is your name, Cole. Um, so what the paracosmic theory is, is that there's an infinite amount or a near infinite amount of data in front of us all the time uh, that we can perceive. And we just kind of put filters on to pick the pieces of information that we want in the current time. And so in a moment here, I'm gonna be doing an effect that's going to cause objects to move in your own home. Um, and how that works is there is a filter of reality that exists where there are shadows moving. That, that is real data that exists in your realm. Um, there is also a realm where you feel euphoric and happy. And so we can siphon through the filters to get to that realm of reality. There's also realms where the temperature is changing. You may not be aware that it's cold in your room or hot in your room right now, but we can bring your attention to that and cause that to enter your realm of reality. And so that's what's happening here. Uh, for some of you, you may be seeing a rabbit. However, other people may be seeing a duck. Now that might sound weird to you either way because you're seeing one or the other. But in reality, there is both a duck and a rabbit in this image. It's just whatever filter of reality you choose to put on is the reality that you see. So if you're looking for the rabbit, you would imagine this is his nose right here, this is his mouth, this is his eyes, and this is his ears. Now let me know if in the chat if you're able to see the bunny. Naz sees a duck, Akira sees a bunny. Zane sees a bird, interesting. Hey, how are you? I'm doing very well. Okay, dog, how are you doing, sir? I see multiple animals at once. I see a bunny, I see a duck. And all right, so now we've got duck gang, we got bird gang, in, or we got duck gang and we got uh, bunny gang. So you guys are able to see the bunny. Let's show those of you who are seeing the bunny, the duck. Now I want you to imagine this here is the back of the head of the duck. This is the duck's eyes and this is his bill. 
Now take a look at it and imagine that the duck is there and you'll actually see the duck appear into your mind in the same way that when we engage a paracosm, you see the phenomenon come into your mind. Now you have to play along in the same way that you have to play along with a paracosm for it to work, but once you do, it becomes real to you and you're able to actually see the duck. And you can actually switch back and forth. You can switch this to seeing the bunny as well. And just again, imagining that you're seeing the bunny, playing along to see the bunny, and then the bunny comes into existence. So that is the optical illusion. <clears throat> Such a weird picture, right? It's pretty awesome, huh? Oh, I see the bunny now, right? And so that's how a paracosm works. And so we're gonna take that to the next level right now, and I'm gonna attempt to move an object in your room. So we're gonna be trying to either, um, the effects vary from people to people depending on their current um, imaginative state and their ability to generate paracosms but we're looking for uh, shadows moving. We're going to uh, try and uh, have temperatures change, lights flicker on and off, and uh, we are going to attempt to either make a loud noise, you may hear it, or you may actually see an object move. That is the attempt that we're going to do right now in just a moment. And um, if you're not into this kind of thing, if this is something that scares you, if this is something that um, freaks you out, you do not have to take part in this at all. It is perfectly fine. You can turn off the, 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 the volume, you can lower the screen down. Um, don't worry, this is not something that you can just happen accidentally, okay? This is something that you have full control over. Um, you have to want to do it for it to work. And so you don't need to be concerned about, oh no, this is working against my will or any of that kind of stuff. It's not possible, it can't happen. But these will be real phenomenon. They will be very weird, scary in some regards. Um, however, you're in control. This is not spirits doing this. This is a purely a psychological phenomenon. So just be aware of that. Um, that's my little caveat, my little disclaimer. You um, are gonna experience some pretty strange stuff here in just a moment. So let's get that set up. I hope my parents don't wake up. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. So to take part in this effect, you wanna make sure you're on full screen um, and you want to stare in the middle of the spiral here. And uh, I'm going to begin the paracosmic patter that is going to cause the phenomenon to occur along with this. So the spiral is going to trigger what is called the placebo effect. You may have heard the placebo effect used to discredit psychological phenomenon. However, the placebo effect is what scientists call your mind's ability to alter reality in ways we have no idea how and we can't reproduce in any conceivable way. We're going to be triggering that effect and we're going to use that effect to then cause you to experience what's called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is another word scientists have invented to describe a phenomenon that they can't explain. And that is your brain's ability to pick out different pieces of information from this filter of reality and look for those things in your environment. So that's what we're gonna be doing here to take part in this. Just take a look in the center of this spiral and we're gonna begin that in just a minute. Let us begin in three, two, one. So as you're staring into the spiral now, what I want you to do is begin to think about the bizarre phenomenons that may have occurred in your life. Maybe you can think back to a time when you placed your keys somewhere and then they were in another location. 
And then maybe you could imagine in your mind now a time where you know that you closed the door, but that door is no longer closed. In fact, perhaps you can imagine now a time in your life where something just fell off the shelf and moved, shadows moving across the walls, a breeze coming through when there's no windows open, things moving of their own accord, watching things shift and change in real life. You can imagine that time in your mind now, of course, using your imagination to experience these in the next moments, knowing that this is all in good fun in your mind, you're fully in control of the situation, and this will go away within a matter of minutes, and you'll have full control at all times. And as you realize that fact now, what's going to happen in a moment, as I count down, you're going to look at an object in your room and see it change now. Take a look around your room and begin to see things moving, things changing, and note if you experience any of the objects move in your room? Do the shadows change? Are there walls moving? Are you experiencing phenomena now? Let me know in the comments below. Take a look. Let's hear what your experience is in the chat below and uh, let's get some experiences. Now it might take you a bit because I know there's a delay and that is okay. But now what we're going to do is take this to the next level. As that spinning begins to wear off now, I'm going to begin to make this grow for you and you will start to see the shadows change in your room and we're going to make the room in your area get a little bit darker now as I move my fingers down you'll see the room that you're in become darker now you may notice the lights flicker a slight bit but more importantly the darkness just seems to be lowered and now we're going to do the opposite and cause it to get brighter by moving my fingers up three two one and you'll be able to see the room getting brighter now and finally, we're going to just get everything back to normal. And as I count from three to one, we're going to get everything back to normal. Three, two, one. And you'll be right back into reality. Let me know in the comments below your experiences. Let's hear what happened for you guys. Whoa, that worked for me. From or Yeah, that worked for Cole. Zane the Elf, I feel heavy. That's crazy. Same effects as LSD. I wouldn't know, DK, but uh, now you don't have to do drugs. <laughs> Sorry if you don't understand what I'm saying sometimes. No problem at all, Michael. Uh, so cut my cut my parents hear it well because I'm going to sleep soon. Wait, so everybody could hear in the house. I think it's moving right now. Awesome. So Michael's experiencing some movements and noises as well. Uh, Naz says, wow, this is crazy. Um, sorry if you don't understand. No, no problem at all. I'm glad to see this is working. Zane the Elf says, true. Uh, so what's going to happen? Uh, things are moving and spiraling and changing. The lights have gone on and off. We are seeing a lot of phenomenon across the board. It looks like a 100% success rate. That means you know we select for the Parliament of Owls. You guys are a unique group of people. We select for people that are high intelligent and particularly high intelligence, but are able to do a very rare gift, which is switch between um, being uh, Logos and Pathos. The, the creative side of things and the um, intellectual side. Some famous people who were able to do this was like Carl Jung. Um, and so a lot of people have to train and practice to get these effects to work really well for them. However, you guys are just so phenomenal <laughs> across the board. It's kind of insane um, at how uh, creatively intelligent that you guys are and how effective it is. That's awesome to see, guys. My pen and sketchbook moved and my lamp started flickering. That is so cool. I love it. 
awesome guys well i'm glad that i was able to do an amazing experiment for you guys and we're going to move on to another segment right now <laughs> your elf moved awesome i'm glad to hear that this is an intense bull shark takes on a boat this is an intense video right here um <laughs> This is just nuts. I know everyone hypes up the great white shark. Some people even hype up what's called a tiger shark. But you know what everyone sleeps on is the bull shark. The bull shark, dude, is, is freaking intense. Absolutely nuts. So, so let's take a look at a bull shark going full aggro. This is just horrifying. So we got a guy just doing some fishing. That's a deep sea rod too. So he's probably going, they're, they're probably far out. Got a big one on. My goodness. What are you? Get out of here, Ad. Get out. As you may notice, that's a pretty small boat. They're far out for deep sea fishing. He's using a deep sea rod and they are very far out for that tiny of a boat you're gonna learn why that's not the best decision you can make you may hear some panicking it gets worse <laughs> the shark is currently attacking their boat That's all I have for that. Holy crap. Watch this boat again, guys. Watch this. This is the shark. It's an entire canoe with two people in it. He knocked it almost half. He, he practically flipped it. This guy almost falls into the water right here with this giant bull shark flying around, flailing with all his force. Oh my gosh. Could you, oh, can you imagine? You're out on the ocean. You're in a canoe. You're just trying to catch a fish, man. You're just trying to catch a fish. And then the fish begins to catch you. The fish is a bull shark. And it is so powerful that the boat that you're sitting in is being tossed back and forth by the shark, attempting to knock you out of the boat so that it can take are you to pieces oh you can see their boat over here is being turned sideways by the shark as well oh man look how big that thing is you it's hard to see um because you know it's a shark and they have amazing camouflage and they're able to just you know blend in But that that thing is at least ten feet long. That is not like seven. Oh, hey, I got it right. He said ten foot, and that's what I called. I'm happy. My shark knowledge continues to prevail. Isn't that right, OPBs? How many times have you caught me at three AM watching shark videos, studying the enemy? Come on, let's hear it. Look at that thing. Oh my gosh. Dude. Oh 
He's just gnawing on the boat. Jeez. He didn't give up. He's still following them. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not sleeping tonight. I might fight that thing. I swear to God, I'm going to need a gun. That's correct. Uh, fun time. Hello. How's it going? Fun time with Hanks. Welcome. And they're dead. Lol. I saw the shark. Yes, that's, that's nuts. Too many times to count. OPV's confirms my uh, my shark watching. Um, I, I've seen basically every shark video that exists. It's kind of intense. Um, I might have a completely rational fear of sharks. Because I'm not afraid of them in, like, rivers. Well, actually, no, I am now because they can go into rivers. But not lakes. I'm not afraid of lake sharks. So, uh, completely rational fear of sharks. Alright, so that is the bull shark encounter. Let's move on to our next segment here, which is anti-left-handed awareness and support. Guys, you know, this is a very important time in the show. Um, this is just, you know, one of the most important causes in the world, really. Um, you may not be aware of this, but left-handed people are uh, actually the most oppressed and systematically oppressed group in the world. Uh, throughout all of history, left-handed people have been uh, discriminated against. And it is just awful what they've done to left-handed people. And, you know, they build scissors so that we can't use them. I can't use scissors, right? I can't use a can opener. How does it feel to be able to open cans? I'll never know. My even in my car, the car's cup holder is on the wrong side. My car is designed incorrectly. And we're no longer going to deal with this oppression in silence. We are the most systematically oppressed group in all of history, and they hate us because they ain't us. Left-hand Americans rise up. Let's begin left-hand legends. This is left-handed people from history, and we're gonna be showing you guys how great left-handed people really are. Alexander the Great, the left-handed man who ruled the world. Akira says, I can't hear. Oh no, what has happened? <laughs> they could be in lakes if, there isn't a if there's a river connected. Oh, well, thanks for scaring me about lakes, OPVs. Um, they're not gonna get to us in Montana. Zayna says, I'm right. Well, you know, Zane, the elf, it's okay. It's okay if you're right-handed. Um, you know, it just means you're not as good as left-handed people. So. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> joking a little bit. Left-handed history, Alexander the Great. So let's take a look here at this legendary left-handed man. By the way, now is a great time. You got a friend who's left-handed. You got someone who's been dealing with these problems. Now is the time to tag that friend, share this off to them, let them know because uh, we're gonna be talking about why our people, the left-handed people, will not be forgotten. Alexander the Great. The story claims that Alexander the Great was born from Zeus himself in Greece. That's right, that is the historical record of Alexander the Great. There are people who have made false claims about my left-handed people and tried to defile his bloodline and claim that he wasn't from Zeus and say that, oh no, he had to have come from a human. Well, how do you know Zeus wasn't a human? Maybe he was just an exceptional human. You may never know. However, what is documented in both the false right-hand history and the true left-hand history is that at the age of 12, 
Alexander the Great was able to tame an untamable horse. Military generals were attempting to get a horse to be broken. No one could tame him. Yet Alexander the Great approached him, probably with his left hand out, and simply said, Look, I have a left hand. And the horse understood this fact and became tame for Alexander the Great. He proceeded to use this same horse throughout all of his life in his war and his conquest, which we'll be discussing in just a moment. He was also then given tutor by the greatest mind of all time, Aristotle. Aristotle being the most wise and gifted of the intellects, was able to give forth the greatest embodiment of power and support to Alexander the Great, because for once in all of history, the greatest mind was met with the greatest capacity. And that capacity was the fact that Alexander the Great was left-handed. Instantly, Alexander the Great became a master of strategy and political theory due to his left-handed gifts. He was then assigned what was equivalent to the backwoods slums of Greece. And in a matter of years, he transformed the slums and backwoods into a place of glory and conquest. After he had transformed this society, in his teens, mind you, he gathered a successful army and began to wage war and conquer the world. Alexander the Great, being left-handed, was able to see the patterns of reality via signs and was able to see that a couple of crows flying by were a message to him from God says not go to war with certain areas and he would trust these signs to dictate how and where and when he would wage war now of course this is a gift all left-handed people have um, this is the ability to see the patterns of true reality um, you can't see that unless you've trained for it as a right-handed person most people can't uh, left-handed people do it naturally you see right-handed people fall into the uh, systematic oppression they, they the world is built for them so they can't see the matrix Left-handed people were the ones that were strong enough, gifted enough to say, no, I will not bend to your will. I will continue to see the world as it is. And as such, we're able to see all patterns of reality and into the future and uh, identify all signs. Every left-handed person can do this across the board. Um, because of this knowledge, Alexander the Great was able to wage war with the second greatest nation at the time, which was Persia. And not only did he wage war with Persia, he fought in the front lines of the war himself, something that you don't see any time these days. Could you imagine if Donald Trump was at the front lines in Iraq? That is the equivalent of what Alexander the Great was doing here. And um, he defeated Persia. He was able to conquer the known world. Now, uh, after defeating Persia, he needed to conquer India. And he was actually able to defeat India by using a magical elixir. Now, he did go to war with India, but most of his conquest in India was dealt through with a magic elixir, which was a combination of red wine and honey. He would mix honey in with red wine. Being a genius, you know, all left-handed people are uh, able to think creatively. Um, he added honey into the wine and would give it to the people and say, this is the taste that you will have if you simply say that I am your commander. And the majority of the population thought it tasted so good and they had never tasted anything so amazing that they said, hey, 
and they gave up and joined Alexander the Great. After conquering the known world, Alexander the Great went on to start the Hellenistic Age to create silver currency and set up the most important artistic and intellectual culture to ever exist in all of human history. And this was all because he is left-handed. That, my friends, is a left-hand history for you. I hope you enjoyed this particular piece. And uh, please, support your left-handed friends. Tag them in this. Share this with them. They need to know that they are not left behind. Left-handed people, rise up. Zane the Elf says, laugh out loud. Whoa. Uh, perhaps the Greek, Roman, Egyptian gods were real, but known as gods or divine beings throughout history because they were left-handed. Exactly. See, Cole is starting to get it. What is the difference between a demigod and a left-handed person? I can't find a difference. <laughs> Let's, Let's move on to wizard readings all right so i think we only had one person oh no we did yeah well we, we had three people my my bad we have naz uh cole and race car who are looking for live wizard readings uh naz if you'd like to get a live wizard reading uh and you're still here let me know in the comments below and we will get your reading started shortly speaking of magical elixirs i think it was amazing well thank you zane the elf i appreciate um this elixir right here is a kombucha called june we grow this ourselves and it is a fermented tea and so we get a bacteria that or isn't it's a mushroom a fungus that eats honey and it turns it into vitamins and nutrients and it's called kombucha um, there's a rare breed called june which is able to eat honey so if you try to make kombucha with sugar it will uh just or if you try to make kombucha with honey with a regular kombucha it will kill the scoby the honey is antibacterial. However, this special breed is able to turn honey into kombucha. And so um, it's known for being a legendary elixir of great power. Low calorie and filled with anti... Are they antibiotics? What are they? It's something. It's filled with probiotics. That's what they're called. Trenton, Naz, are you here? Let me know in the comments below. Let's get your reading started shortly. And then after we do Naz, we're going to have Cole. Cole, if you're still here, let me know in the chat below and we'll get your reading started as well. Kombucha scoby is a symbiosis of bacteria and fungi. Ooh, well, Chris has got the kombucha knowledge. Yeah, we got a giant vat of it brewing up in the other room and it is quite tasty. All right, Naz, we're going to get the roll call going. I know Naz uh, sometimes falls asleep because he, uh, he's in a different time zone. I think it's like, what, 7 a.m.? No, it's, <laughs> it's something ridiculous. Let's give him the roll call here. And then after Naz will be Cole. Uh, Cole, if you're here, let me know in the chat below, and we'll get your reading started in just a bit. Going once. Going twice. And sold. Naz is off the list. We're going to move on to Cole. Cole, if you're still here, let me know in the comments below. We'll get your reading started shortly. And then after Cole, we have Race Car. Race Car, if you're here, let me know in the chat below. We'll get your reading started right after Cole's. I am currently exist in the chat at this moment. Awesome, Cole. All right. Is there anything in particular you're looking for insights on? Let me know in the comments below. And we'll get your reading started in just a bit. By the way... If you'd like to get a paid reading and support the stream, you can go to paypal.me forward slash askawizard and you can pay whatever you want to get that live wizard reading and you'll get a three card reading for that price. 
Um, if you choose to support with $15 or more and you live in America, I will also send you one of these three books up here, uh, your choice of course, and that will be stamped and signed by me. So if you're interested in doing that, uh, go to paypal.me forward slash askawizard. Also, if you want to send in support or if you just financial support or just morale support and you'd like me to read your letter live on air, go to P.O. Box 8881, Missoula, Montana, 59807. That is the place to send your letters, send your packages, send whatever the heck you want to that P.O. Box. Uh, as long as it's legal, of course, and not uh, dangerous threats, please don't do that. Um, that's the place to send them. So let's get Cole's reading started right now. Looking for a general reading. Darren says, race car. Uh, can you do other readings besides a general one? Yes, I can. Um, I can do specific readings for specific topics. That, um, But general readings is typically what I do. Um, for the one card readings, just because they're quicker. But three card readings I typically do on a theme. However, I do like to ask just in case because I can usually tailor it either way. All right, here. Okay, so Cole, what we got here is the Three of Wands. So the Three of Wands here is right there for you, uh, about growth in the spiritual principles. So what this represents is you're going through a time right now where you're growing spiritually. Um, you're being tested spiritually, but you're also growing from this. So this is, um, you know, for example, reading the Bible, reading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, getting more acquainted with the uh, mysterious of the, the, the deeper realms of reality, of morality, of justice, of truth. And so we're seeing a growth pattern here. This is typically um, a pretty intense time. However, it is also the times people reference and say, wow, this is so rewarding. Now, be prepared because while you're going through the growth period right now, a lot of times what ends up happening is you'll hit a roadblock later on that's usually around the five of wands uh, where things get disrupted and then you go through a grind period and that's the six of wands and when you hit those two periods um, you look back at the high of this and you're like i did so amazing on this time and then you look at the present and you're going through that grind period and you're like oh i'm just gonna give up and this is just a note here enjoy this time record this time know why you're going through this time but don't expect things to always be going like this um, that's not the path to success the path to success is like ooh, ooh, and it just slowly wiggles its way up okay so you're gonna have ups you're gonna have downs don't be looking to this as the uh, perfect sky roller coaster straight up into success with no drop off all right so that would be my recommendation for you I hope that helps you out and I hope that gives you some insights. All right, what time is it? Uh, time for you to get a watch. It's 9.59. <laughs> uh, can you do other readings beside that? Absolutely. When it's my turn, could I get a, can I, could I do a reading, uh, a career reading? Absolutely. All right, Trenton says yes, thank you. Can you do readings? Yes. What time is it? I'll be back. See you later, Michael. Um, Wow, that's cool. Awesome. Thank you very much, The Elf. All right, Trenton, let's get you a reading. Do, 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 do. Trenton, I'm assuming you are race car. Is that correct? No problem at all, Cole. Thank you very much for letting me give you the reading, and I'm glad to hear that that was on point and helpful for you. All right, let us begin. Trenton, Trenton, Trenton. Boom. Got the uh, Six of Diamonds popping up here. What does that mean? 
right, six of diamonds here. Let's get that on the screen. That is right here, six of diamonds. So this is a grind in the material. Oof, so this is very different going on here. So this is telling me here, Trenton, um, oh, Darren, your race car, my apologies. All right, well, we'll get, we'll get you going right after this, Darren, my, my apologies. Okay, so uh, Trenton, uh, Zane, we can get you going. We'll do you in the next round. We have another round of readings that come after this. We'll do Darren, and then we're going to do, uh, we're gonna do our next segment, and then we will have uh, the next readings, which is Zane the Elf. All right, you are added to the list. Boom, my apologies, Trenton. So Six of Diamonds is a grind in the material. So what this is saying is you're going through a pretty tough time right now, which is, you just feel like you're, you don't know what you want. Like, where is my career going? Where should my career go? What should I do next? What are the things that I should be considering? Am I doing the wrong stuff? This sucks. And it's just, it feels like we're not getting anywhere at all. And in terms of the career. And so what I think you need to realize here is, um, and this is, this sucks. And I've had to do it myself. So that's why I'm giving this advice because, um, I know how hard it is to just give this advice and not have be living it myself. But in most cases, if you wanna be successful, um, what you have to do is you're gonna to have to work hard and you're gonna to have to work harder than people who just are okay with doing what it is they do to make enough money to get by. And what that looks like in practice is having a job that makes you money, that is you know either saving somebody money or making them money, those are two great avenues to approach if you want to increase your value. However, there's other careers that are available as well. You're looking for a job that isn't something that you necessarily love. It's not that you're super passionate about. If you are, that's great, super awesome to have that. Most of the time what you're trying to do is find a job that you won't hate, that will pay you well, that you can tolerate. You do that for whatever you need to make ends meet to have food on the table to have shelter and then when you get home from work and on your weekends you got to be putting in 20 to 30 hours into what your passion is and that could take five years that could take 10 years it could take 15 years before you achieve a lifestyle based on something you love and while you're going through that process because you're doing this other job you're able to fund that experience. You're able to keep yourself going where everyone else is gonna be dropping like flies because they're just not able to afford it. The fact that you have a stable income in the background means that you can just keep chugging on however long it takes to reach your success. So that would be my recommendation for you there, Trenton. I hope that helps you out. I hope that gives you some insights and we're gonna move on to the person who I accidentally skipped, which is Race Car, also known as Darren. All right, Darren, uh, it's time for your reading. Is there anything in particular we're looking for insights on, Darren? Let me know in the comments below and we'll get your reading started in just a bit. Uh, Brazy says, crewmate, yes, sir. Oh, you're from the pirate ship? Welcome, how are you doing? Can you do next, please? Uh, can I go next? Uh, Zane the Elf, I'm doing, uh, we take people in the beginning when the intro is rolling. Um, they get added to the list, and then I do another batch um, after that. So you will be the first one on the end of the stream here. Got to go. Good night. See you later, Cole. Let's talk to you later. Uh, Darren, are you here? However, if Darren abandons, we might be able to uh, bring on in Zane the Elf right now. Let's find out. All right, Darren, it's up to you. Will you claim your live wizard reading, or 
will it be given away to the one, the only, Zane the Elf? Let's find out right now. Do, do, do. By the way, thank you so much for the people who have been sending in the letters to the P.O. Box. We got some mail in here uh, the other day from Vonda very much. Thank you so much for that holiday card. And I know that uh, Matt had texted that he has some stuff in the mail as well, as well as Michael. So thank you so much for uh, those letters, guys. Look forward to getting them soon. No, just a general reading? All right, Darren, let us begin. Do, 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 do. Looks like Darren has claimed his reading all right Ooh. five of clubs ones my goodness wow okay darren so the five of wands showing up here for you um also known as race car my apologies race car this is uh whoo you've gotten your world rocked recently you are in a place where you're like i am starting to question the very foundations of everything i believe this is like a philosophical shake-up um you're in some pretty intense intellectual waters right now um this is not a um this is not a light-hearted matter this is you know these are questions of what is good what is true um what is it mean to be honorable what is just intense deep philosophical inquisition um what i would recommend doing is you don't want to be treading into waters like that unarmed and without allies on your side who are smarter than you and have already gone through the path to guide you that way um so what i would recommend doing is turning to uh people like aristotle uh, plato socrates the trial and death of socrates is fantastic um, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius is another fantastic one. The Bible is incredible. Um, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. You want to be allying yourself with the intellectuals who have already conquered these philosophical things that you're uh, attempting to go through so that you can go on that journey yourself, but be guided by excellence, be guided by people who are greater than you, greater than me, um, that just know really deep thought very well so that would be my recommendation for you there darren is I, those books i think are going to help you out a lot pick one of them the, i think all of them are in the public domain you should be able to find them for free online um aristotle you know the unmoved mover by aristotle is a fantastic um starting point obviously the uh, entire new testament is fantastic mere christianity is super helpful if you're looking for that philosophical angle on christian theology um, and then the trial and death of socrates by plato is a fantastic one as well which gives a proof of the soul and the supernatural and then finally um, meditations by marcus aurelius so that you can help quell your mind and know how do i live a philosophical life not just think about a philosophical life so that would be my recommendations for you there darren i hope that helps you out and gives you some insights I really want to go into the medical field, but I would love to learn more about space. Both things pay really well. Um, if I had to pick between those two, Trenton, I would go with the medical, um, just because medical, the ability to heal people and um, to help people's bodies is something that when the economy is doing well, your job is secure. And when the economy is doing bad, your job is secure. Um, a person who is like a doctor, for example, is never going to be in a situation where they're not valued however space 
um, it's kind of hit or miss. You only get space-related stuff when there's funding for it. And so um, it's kind of, you're hoping that your government has the resources and funds to support it. Now, that being said, there is a unique case here in America because Donald Trump created what's called Space Force. Um, so there is a unique opportunity in that regard for space. There's basically a forced mandated uh, budget now for space. Um, that, you know, NASA, for example, is getting a lot of its budgets cut by uh, when it was under the uh, Obama administration. And a lot of space exploration budgets got cut. And Donald Trump started Space Force to restart that process. So um, those are the factors that I would be considering. I know that if you're looking for like, if it's money that you're worried about, uh, doctor is always going to be crushing. Uh, you know, the world could literally be ending and people still want doctors. You know, it's the don't kill the white wizard, don't kill the white mage or whatever they, what is it, the uh, the uh, role-playing stereotype, um, that, that kind of thing, you know. Um, so that, that would be my thoughts on that. Uh, Kira, what about, what makes you the most happy? I don't know much of this topic. However, I mean, money is important, but you would want to be able to stick with something and not regret it. Well, so to your point of care so making money is very important to being happy <laughs> like having enough money to uh buy food and have shelter and be comfortable um that's very important to happiness and so for example you could be a doctor and practice astronomy on your own time like you can buy a telescope you can research you could start a youtube channel about the topic this is kind of tying in with what i was saying before is if you're a doctor and you work and you got your nine to five that you do, you can go home and research the topics and create film and you'll actually have excess resources where you can pay people to help you with say video editing and design and things like that. So that's kind of the, uh, the angle that I'm going with there. All right, uh, Darren, I hope that that helped you out. I hope that gave you some insights and Trenton, I hope that helped you out and gave you some insights and we're gonna move on to the next segment. Do, 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 do. Today's segment is Build, Grow, and Create. This is how to make a toothpick vanish. You may uh, notice the person here uh, with my slightly less beard and slightly less mustache. Um, Trenton says, wait, that's actually a really good idea. I know, it's it's almost like what I did with my life. <laughs> I wanted to be a wizard. And uh, so I became a wizard on the internet and I work a full-time job or worked a full-time job, I should say, doing uh, digital marketing and marketing strategy and creative direction. So I help companies make money. Um, that's how I was able to afford my house in California. And then I was able to move to Montana and I'm trying to build a homestead and grow food uh, because I lived that kind of life. It's hard. You have to work harder than people that don't want to follow a dream or a passion because you're having, and it's going to be tough. You're going to have really hard times when you go to work nine to five and then you get home and then you have to go put in another three hours and that gets really intense, but it can be done and it can work. So that would be my recommendation for you. Um, and if it isn't, you're just spending three hours doing what you love, which it's like, boom, <laughs> you know, it's like, who cares? Like for me, if I never made a dime from Ask a Wizard, I'd still be doing Ask a Wizard. If one person shows up and it's just OPVs to watch what I'm doing at Ask a Wizard, then I would be sitting here doing it for OPVs. That's, that's why I'm here and that's why I do what I do. You ain't taking me out, internet. You ain't taking me out. 
All right, build, grow, and create. Let's get this bad boy up. This is going to teach you guys right now how to make a toothpick vanish. Um, this is a really cool thing you can do at home. Um, I'm gonna be skipping around because this guy who edited this did not know what he was doing back then. Look at that lack of beard. Look at that lack of beard. Look at that lack of mustache. What is this? What is this? By the way, this is in my old house back in California. Um, this was actually for our 20 subscriber special here on YouTube. We had uh, gotten 20 subscribers and got our first 5K view video. Um, and so we made this tutorial for the channel. And so I thought we'd bring it back to the surface now that we are here at 8,000 subs. Thank you guys so much for the support, by the way. Um, it's been a long journey. Let's take a look at this video. Oh, we missed the trick. Let's show you guys the trick. This is what you're going to learn how to do. See the toothpick? See the hand? Do the toothpick trick. Boom! Disappeared toothpick. Pretty awesome, right? Let's learn how to do it. It's good night, Trenton. Um, oh, thank you very much. OPB's calling out the overlay issue. My apologies, guys. Uh, let's show you the magic trick here. Um, let's see here. Do how to do the trick. Oh. Boom! Toothpick disappears. That is the effect. That is the magic. Um, and uh, we're going to show you how to do it. So the secret to doing this trick—you missed the old kitchen, cutie, or is or is our new kitchen just good enough? Let me know. I want to know. Do you miss the old kitchen? Actually, um, Keep in mind, it was in hell. It was in hell. Right here. If you look at the back of my thumb, I'm using a non-clear tape so that it'll be easier to see in the camera for you. Thank you for recommending that I work on my camera work. <laughs> um, so what we got here is a piece of tape going across the toothpick on the back of the finger. Um, this is going to give you a tool. You like OPB's likes the new kitchen better. Woo! So basically, what I've done is taken a small amount of tape, placed it on the back. Of Welcome back, Michael. My thumb here, and then the toothpick can just slide in and slide out. And that holds the toothpick. So literally it's like this. So to do the trick, all I'm doing is showing the toothpick from the front, covering the tape with my finger, and then to make it disappear, I'm just opening my hand. Then from the front, to make it look impressive, rather than just opening your hand like that, I take my other hand and cover it as I'm opening it. So I'm covering Boom! That's how you make a toothpick disappear, boys and girls. Uh, Welp, I am sleep-deprived child, so I'm going to go to sleep. Good night. See you later, Akira. Uh, what has happened? It went black. Um, so we're making a toothpick disappear. And that's all you have to do to do the toothpick trick. Now, all you need to do after you've done the trick uh, to get rid of the tape so it's clear so it'll be a little bit harder for them to see. Uh, but all you do is you make it disappear, bring it back, take it out of the tape, take it out, give it to them, show them it's normal, take it back and do it again if you want to. But once you're done and you want to be clean, you hand them the toothpick, have them hold on to it. Legendary Alex Paxton with the painted fingernails. Have them 
take a look at that hand. Look at that hand for El Peavies. Hold on. Let's get it. Let's get it. You're going to get a screenshot. Here we go. Let's catch it. Boom, right there. Look at that. That is Alex Paxton's hand. Alexandria Paxton at OPVs. Look at that, my guys. Top chat. What, what, what are the numbers? 700, 3,000. Wow, we're hitting 6 trillion. We have 6 trillion live viewers right now because of this hand on the screen. That's incredible. And oh my goodness, would you look at that? The numbers are just plummeting now. What, what happened? Huh, so bizarre. OPV says it was hard to grab the toothpick and film at the same time. I, I could imagine. Pull it off your finger and drop it onto the ground, depending on where you're at. Or if you don't want it to go on the floor, you can just put your hands down into your pockets, like so. And you might want to get closer to this one. Literally all you do is take the tape and rub it off on the inside of your pocket. And what this is going to do is press that little bump down against your finger. And with clear tape, all right, so that's how to make a toothpick disappear. Just to let you know, I might not spell well because you do mention that a lot, Michael. Let's see. Uh, a little bit of trouble, so sometimes you might not understand what I've said. No, no problem at all, Michael. That is okay. Um, all right, so we've got the toothpick trick. So that is how to make a toothpick disappear. That is a magic trick for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. I'm so sleepy. Have a great day. Good night, uh, Zane the Elf. Hope to see you again soon. And we're going to move on to the next segment, which is fantastic cryptids and where to find them. We're going to be looking at some videos of the Mongolian death worm. We're also going to be looking at a 10-foot horrifying death worm, a goose-spitting velvet worm, and an alien sticky trap worm right now. So this cryptid file is the death worm right here. Um, this is referenced and scientists claim that it's not real. However, people in Mongolia claim that the death worm exists and it is a large worm which has strange defenses typically including poison and the ability to spit things at people who are trying to capture it. The size does tend to vary between three and nine feet long and its body type is a legless tube. Um, these things have been seen all over the place. You've seen them in Mongolia, tropical Americas, Western Asia, Spain, Portugal, and even parts of Africa. The real death, there are examples of real death worms that have already been proven by science. So we're going to be looking at those guys today. So there's various worms that exist that already have the traits of the death worm. Now, again, this is a common issue you see with uh, people in the pseudo intellectual fields of scientism, which is a cult um, that believe science is true, despite the fact that 52% of science is inaccurate. Look at the reproducibility crisis. And um, so what they do is they'll find creatures that are the definition of what they're looking for, um, and then they name them and say, no, 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 that's this thing. And that's, that's real. We know that that's real, despite the fact that it is the cryptid that they were looking for. So we're going to be showing you some of those videos right here. Let's take a look.
Boom. All right, here we go. Check this thing out. So pretty standard worm, right? Nothing too bizarre here. Uh. Boom! Look at that. Look at that. Grabbing the hand there, spreading out. It looks like something straight out of an alien movie. It's beautiful, too. The way it comes. Look at that. Branching off like a tree. Wow. So that's a real worm. And so what this thing is able to do is it's spitting out its, uh, its like, a, a, it's almost a web. It shoots this out at its predators, and then it sucks it back in and takes in food. Bizarre, right? So there are worms that exist that are able to shoot out attacks, and this is an example of one of those. And so that's that's one example of the, the quality that the death worm is claimed to possess um, that we have an example of here in real life. And so that is the um, first particular video here. Now the next one that I have for you here is, um, oh shoot, these aren't in the right order. That's all right, I can find it right here. Um, this one is again, a real, no Cheetos. No, I don't want you. I don't want your product. I don't want your product. Why are you being rude? Okay. Uh, this is called the Bobbit worm. So this is a real worm that exists that has many of the qualities that are described in the Mongolian death worm. That right there is approximately nine feet long. Uh, that is a Bobbit worm. They can get up to 10 feet long, um, sometimes even bigger. And with the Bobbit worm, has the ability to do is it has highly venomous neurotoxins on all of those little pokers on its feet and its jaw is so powerful that when it closes around its prey it sometimes cuts its prey in half it's able to eat full-size eels um, it's been known to attack people to bite people under the sea and uh, when capturing large fish its jaws can sometimes sever the entire food in half uh, this is an example of that in real life right here so biologically speaking the capacity for the mongolian death worm exists we have creatures that are fulfilling the qualities that it claims to have in the mythology Pretty freaky, right? <laughs> uh, OPV says she prefers her worms from the worm farm. That makes sense. <laughs> and so that is the Bobbit worm for you guys. Let's move on to a few more bizarre creatures here. What do we got up next? We got the Antarctic, uh, Antarctic one. I don't know if we actually got video footage of that. Um, let's take a look here. This is another um, 
This is another video of the okay. bobbit worm, just to give you an idea of what the, the bites look like. My apologies, this is not a bobbit worm, this is a ragworm. Um, this is another worm which is capable of attacking and biting people. Ragworms are a marine worm commonly used as fishing baits of saltwater fishermen. These worms have little legs called parapodia. These legs are used for crawling and swimming through water. Ragworms are scavengers and predators. They Look at those fangs. Those things sink right into your flesh, right there. crazy <laughs> so that is the ragworm um there i mean it's, it's just there's so many examples of these creatures in real life and um they're, they're frankly it, it's it's kind of bizarre that people are so quick to dismiss the existence of the death worm this one is known as the bearded fire worm um those all of those uh, spines here, this man has pulled this up onto the ocean. Um, those are all filled with deadly poison. If the guy touches those, he's going to have to go to the hospital. This is called the bearded redded worm. Whew. Ah, man, it's creepy. It's super, super creepy. It's kind of cool though not gonna lie kind of like the way that it moves uh he missed the eraser like five times he did he did miss the eraser a few times give him some credit he's a water creature okay uh, they make mistakes um he's not very accurate with his bite it's true but this thing you know you you bump up against this bearded thing you're, you're gonna you're gonna get venom it's gonna literally inject you and you'll be dead and then the final one that I've got here for you guys. Well, actually, I have a few more. Um, uh, this particular one is something that we, I guess they just overlooked. But leeches are a form of worm. And I don't even know if you're aware of this, but um, there are leeches that are huge. That's a leech. Look at that thing. These leeches are so big that they latch onto small alligators and kill them. They've uh, latched onto dogs, small dogs, and people have had to save their lives because the leeches are sucking them to death. Um, these things are big and monstrous creatures that are just horrifying, and they're a type of worm, and they can literally just suck the blood right out of your body. It's um, it's a terrifying creature, and this is not a cryptid. This is not fake. This is a real thing that exists. 
showcase them a little bit. They've grown quite a bit since you've last seen them, and uh, they're doing just so wonderful. Ah, no, don't give me that, no, no, no. Uh, squish kids, as I call them. Uh, Lydra and uh, Lyra over here are about... Um, you gotta stop, you can't, I can't. It's just, like, it's just sitting there waiting for it to bite him. It looks like a giant pickle. It does look like a giant pickle. It's also a deadly pickle that'll suck the blood right out of your flesh. I want to say three years old now. Uh, Lars is the same, although he is... Um, Ugh. So if you're asking yourself, can worms exist that are big enough to be a threat to people? Well, obviously this leech is massive. Uh, if you got a few of those on you, it'd probably drop you. Um... We've seen plenty of worms being pulled out of the ocean that can poison you and kill you. We have ones that can bite you, that have fangs. Uh, these are all the qualities that exist in the worm kingdom. So why is it so ridiculous to think that the Mongolian uh, death worm isn't real? And that's that's kind of the, the theory here. Now the final worm I'm going to show you is called the velvet worm. Um, I don't know if the video actually shows his attack method here, but the reason I wanted to bring this one up is this cute little guy here uh, does something pretty darn crazy. So this worm is called the Velvet Worm, and he is able to spit 10% of his body weight in goo, projectile fire it and this is one of the strange claims of the mongolian death worm is the ability to spit a substance at its attackers to uh, subdue them and then go eat it the velvet worm is a real worm that actually does that and um, a bizarre idea of this is to consider if you weigh 200 pounds this would be the equivalent of spitting out 20 pounds of goo to lock down somebody and then going over and eating them <laughs> and that's what the velvet worm does and this is not a sea creature this is a uh, living creature or land creature i should say so this is uh this is the velvet worm so that's all of the qualities that you find within the mongolian death worm we see those throughout the worm kingdom all of the qualities that a Mongolian death worm is said to have, we've found evidence to support that it could, in fact, exist. Now, scientists do think that it could also be a misidentification. So the misidentification that they think it could potentially be is what's known as a worm lizard. So we're going to show you that just to give you um, the other side of the story here. You know, some other people have posited that maybe this is what's causing it. Um, and perhaps there's a breed of worm lizard that is venomous that hasn't been discovered. But these things are pretty freaky. Um, they're not snakes. Um, they are a form of lizard, and um, they look a lot like worms. A lot of info here. The velvet worm looks like a long slug with legs. And that, that does make sense. Alex, oh, PVs wants to kill the uh, giant pickles with fire. <laughs> <laughs> they could suck my blood until I die. Let me pet it. No! No! No, don't pet it.
Uh, fun fact, the worm lizard, um, which is what we're seeing on the screen right here, is actually um, what was used in the Indiana Jones movies. When they had the scene where he falls into snakes, they used worm lizards so that he wouldn't uh, get bit. Or venom, I should say. So as you can see, this is a pretty long worm. This is a smaller one. These things can grow up to four or five feet long. And they're not worms. They're lizards. And so the reason why they think this might be the misidentification for the Mongolian deathworm is Mongolia being a dry, arid place, earthworms and worms in general needing lots of water and moisture uh, of that sort to survive. So one of the theories that they posit is, in fact, that it could be this little guy here, um, but a venomous breed of them. So that, that's the other side of the story in this particular cryptid. Now, one final one that I want to show you. This is not a Mongolian deathworm, but this is something I had no idea existed um, until I started doing this research, and I wanted to share it with you guys. Are you aware that there are giant earthworms? Can we just take a moment to appreciate that every nature documentary documentary narrator sounds exactly the same? And we're going off into the Australian outback here, and we're going to be looking into the rare and exotic elephant potato. That's right, it's a potato that was discovered and happens to be the size of an elephant. No one's quite sure how this spud came to be, but they are worried that it will be eaten by the natives before it is spoiled and documented by science. You hear that noise? That's the sound of an earthworm moving around in the ground. Let a worm lizard just a snake? No, a worm lizard is not a snake. They are two different species. You would grow elephant potatoes. <laughs> then you've never seen Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin is not a nature documentary. Steve Irwin is a nature experience. Check this out. This is that right there is a giant earthworm. <laughs> they never come to the surface, but he's going to yoink one. Could you imagine an inch? It's an earthworm like that. Just solid earthworm. That's an egg. I didn't even know worms laid eggs. Did you know worms laid eggs? Steve Irwin is a legend. And so let's get to the earthworm here. He's going to yoink it. Look at that thing. Could you imagine you go out to your yard, you go and doing some gardening, and you pull out this thing?
Six feet long. So that's the giant earthworms that I discovered while doing this research. So that is it for today's cryptid content. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, appears my mouse has disappeared again. Um, that is my uh, research into the topic. And if you guys enjoy this kind of stuff, if you like me looking into various wild animals and finding out what could be real about them, um, that is what the cryptid file is all about. Again, you know, don't let people tell you what is and isn't real. Go find out for yourself. Research, look, explore, do things on your own. Find out for yourself. Is this real? Is this not? And you will find out. OPVs, of course, becoming attached to the giant earthworm and calling it a gentle giant. Um, that is the Mongolian death word cryptid file. Let us move on to practical philosophy. Our last lecture for, or our last uh, segment for today practical philosophy today's quote comes from marcus aurelius uh, we mentioned him later on earlier on in the stream today the happiness of your life depends upon the quality of your thoughts now this is not the wishy-washy standard self-help stuff that you see thrown around about thinking positive this is about quality of thought this is about knowing how to think more effectively. This is about being trained and disciplined in the concept and the methodology of thought. Aristotle teaches this, Socrates teaches this, and Plato teaches this as well. And it's actually a discipline that rarely is taught in school these days. You don't really learn how to actually think. You don't learn about what a dialectic is. You don't learn how to use Socratic, the Socratic method. These are all techniques of thinking that you can use to train and discipline your mind to increase the quality of your life. So he's not just saying change your thoughts to positive thoughts and that's going to make everything better. What he's saying is as you develop the ability to think higher quality thoughts, the quality of your life will raise accordingly. So you should learn how to think and as a consequence of learning how to think and training on thinking, you're going to increase the quality of your thoughts and as you increase the quality of your thoughts, your overall life will increase as well. So that is the practical philosophy today coming in from Marcus Aurelius. The happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. So go out there and take action on this today learn about the dialectic, learn the Socratic method, start applying it in your life today, find a friend to engage in the dialectic, and you can begin to increase the quality of your own thoughts. And with that, we have the final segment here of Wizard Readings. If we have anyone in the chat who's looking for those live Wizard Readings, let me know in the comments below. Uh, if not, we're going to go ahead and close up the stream. And again, of course, if you'd like to support the stream, if you want to keep this thing going, go to paypal.me forward slash askawizard. Pay whatever you think a reading is worth. You'll get a three-card reading for that. If you donate $15 or more, you will also get one of these used books up here stamped and signed and sent to you if you live in America. And um, that is... What is on the table and of course if you want to send support financial or just morale send it to p.o box 8881 missoula montana 59807 and we will read your letters live on air like this great card that we received from vonda thank you very much a beautiful card with a wonderful little penguin on it i appreciate that deeply 
All right, let's see. Uh, going once. I think we had one person, but uh, they had left, which was Zane the Elf. Zane the Elf, if you're still here, let me know in the comments below. We'll get your reading started. If not, we're going to give the roll call. And if there's nobody else looking for a reading, let me know. And we're going to close up the stream. Also, we can do some Q&A. If you have any quick questions or thoughts, let me know in the comments below as well. And let's see here. I saw my voice start the segment for Zane the Elf, so let's give myself the roll call. Here we go, Zane. Going once. Going twice. And let's get a sip of that kombucha. Delicious. Sold! Zane is off the list. Zane the Elf. We're going to uh, open it up to anyone else, and if there's nobody else in the chat, I haven't seen any come in, we will close up the stream. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the stream, and uh, let me know your feedback as well. You can send me DMs on TikTok, on Facebook, and on Instagram, whichever one you find the most convenient. Thank you so much for all of your support, guys. Thank you for sharing the stream out and getting the word spread. Uh, Kira dropping into the comment section saying... Hill, hi, this is Akira's sister. So what's this YouTube channel all about? Um, I'm a wizard and uh, to talk about what it's about, well, let me, let's answer that for you, Akira's sister. It's about historical accounts of dogmen, cryptids of the dead were, uh, de the, the cryptid file of the Mongolian death worm. It's about moving objects in your own home. It's about giant goldfish that have been found. Nine pound goldfish discovered in South Carolina. It's about videos of real life Kamehamehas and Chidori's. It's about the historical account of people who were dogs. This is real historical evidence supporting uh, the existence of a group of people that were literally dog human hybrids. It's also about, oh, I don't know, uh, magic and illusion and making fire and, uh, and, 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 burning pieces of paper and having it turn back into itself, duck and rabbit illusions. Heck, we even moved objects in people's houses using magic and illusion in the arcane arts. Also, we watched some videos regarding the bull shark where he literally went on and started fighting with a boat. Heck, we even have an anti-left-hand uh, anti awareness support group where we cover left-hand history. People who are left-handed who were awesome, like Alexander the Great. We even do live wizard readings one-on-one -on -one with you guys. When you like and share the stream, you qualify for live wizard readings. And I taught people how to make a toothpick disappear using sleight of hand. We then covered what is called the Mongolian death worm right here, where you can see various videos of different bizarre creatures that are known as death worms. And then finally, we covered practical philosophy that was teaching you about how to increase the happiness in your life by increasing the quality of your thoughts from the great thinker, Marcus Aurelius. So those are some of the things that we cover in our shows um, and uh, so on and so forth. And I do one of those every day, Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific Coast time. That's what Ask a Wizard is all about and so much more. So uh, that's what we do. Definitely give us a subscribe and join us next time here at 8 p.m. Pacific Coast time. And that is what we do. So uh, with that, I hope that that helps you out. I hope that answers your questions. And we're going to close up the stream. If we have any last minute questions, let me know in the comments below. And if not, we're going to go ahead and close on up. Do, 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 do. Hey, OPVs, note to self. Well, I'll tell you in a bit. Hold on. 
Oh, seems really cool. I'll have to check out the rest of the stream later. Also, please don't tell Akira I'm on her phone. Okay, I will. Akira, Akira's sister. This is live. You're being recorded. It's the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> uh, Matthew wants to know what is life? Uh, life is about worshiping God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and loving your neighbor as yourself, and then committing yourself to building the good, the beautiful, and the true. That is what life is. Building and supporting. Building and promoting the beautiful, the good, and the true. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm going to go ahead and close up the stream. Have a good evening, and I'll talk to you all tomorrow, same place, same time, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific Coast time. Peace. I just realized I didn't roll out my intro. My apologies.
Roger is so jolly. 